In 2019, after being attacked by two men in a parking lot, I noticed there were moments where I was objectively safe, but another part of me would respond as if I wasn't. So for example, I'd walk out of a restroom at a department store and someone would be there and I'd react as though I was being attacked without me even thinking about it. Truthfully, I was fascinated to observe this and it was at that time that I wanted to know everything about the subconscious and I was introduced to hypnotherapy, a form of therapy that talks to the subconscious in a highly suggestible state. I did it myself and I found it to be a remarkable therapy that supports dramatic change in our perceptions and our emotions and ultimately our behaviors. And in today's episode, I am excited to interview hypnotherapist Christine Woods. She's going to share more about the modality, how it works, and how she's helping high-functioning individuals overcome patterns of behavior that are holding them back. She's also going to share some actionable steps that you can begin with right away to create deep change when you're telling yourself one thing that you should do or feel a certain way, but it's not lining up with how you feel. Stay tuned. Hello, I'm Rita Hyland, and you're about to discover what it means to position your business, career, and life to play full out. This show explores the way leaders just like you embrace and achieve their ambition without working harder or grinding it out any longer. So if you want to take your life, business, or career to a playing full out status and do so while being the happiest high performer in the room, then hang with me because this show shares everything you need to know using the best of neuroscience, transformational psychology, and a bit of spiritual wisdom to help you change fast, even when it's uncomfortable or scary, or you failed to do so in the past. All this so that you can enjoy more freedom and prosperity in your business and life. I'm happy you're here. I am very excited to have with us today a special guest, Christina Woods. Christina is a licensed rapid transformational therapist. She's a clinical hypnotherapist, an empowerment coach, and a Reiki master. And she combines her background in corporate leadership, along with her life experiences in dealing with trauma and abandonment, to empower other women to trust their intuition and set themselves free of self-doubt. As a CEO and founder of Wisewoods Hypnotherapy and Coaching, Christina has extensive experience working on complex challenges and pulling potential out of others so they become self-reliant individuals. And through her deep hypnotherapy and coaching work, she empowers women to shed old programming so they can live the life they deserve. We're going to talk a lot more about all the different things, and there's still so much more that she does. But I am so happy, Christina, and welcome you, and, and I'm excited to have this conversation. Yeah, thank you so much, Rita. I am too. Good to be here. One of the things, if you would, just sort of set the stage. Tell us a little bit about yourself, your path, and what led you to be doing the work that you're doing today? Yeah, it's a second career. So um, it's not anything I expected to do. I actually had a 30-year corporate career before this in the higher education space. I was in sales and leadership and thought that I would do that forever, actually. And a layoff with, you know, thousands and thousands of people that shook my world happened. And after that layoff, I actually stayed in the industry and sort of a different arm of it. But it allowed me to really think and say, wow, there's a life beyond this. Mm -hmm. 
And I started really feeling like this isn't it. This isn't all that, you know, that I want. And I was going through some personal things. I was going through a divorce after almost 25 years. Um, I was about to turn 50. There was just so many moments that, all right, it's now or never. And I was always on sort of this parallel spiritual self-development path. And I thought, wow, there's something there that's really important to me. And I want to combine all these skills that I have and this passion for helping people and that's what I chose to do. And, and I didn't know what it would look like. I had no idea. It wasn't like I said, oh, hypnotherapy is it. I just started putting my energy in that direction and exploring and knowing that it will come to me when it's meant to. But I had the intention that I would change careers. And then I was somewhere listening and watching something. And I came about hypnotherapy and I thought, that's it. That is something that is It doesn't sound simple, but it is simple because we all have a subconscious mind and we all have these programs. And when we can access it in this very simple, natural way, actually, and although there's so many myths and things that I'll bust about hypnotherapy, but when we can access it and really change some of these programs that are just a bunch of lies and have it work towards us, then our whole life opens up and we get to really have the life that we want and deserve. And so that's when I really took the leap. I left the corporate career. I was single, still had a mortgage, kids had tuition bills and decided to open up my own business and do coaching and hypnotherapy and some energy healing. Wow. Wow. I think that your path resonates with many people who find that somehow they've been in a career for a long time that they maybe they didn't even consciously choose that found them right. on a path. And then it gets to that point where it's like, what do I really want? And it's not, as you said, straightforward all the time, but it's about taking action and got led towards some of these things. You know, I have used hypnotherapy and have also incorporated it with my clients, you know, encourage them to as well. Mm-hmm. Most specifically, as you can tell us, because sometimes just the conscious top level reframing does not have us moving into our full potential or making the changes that we want. Will you explain a little bit more about hypnotherapy, hypnosis, maybe some of the biggest myths, I guess, that are out there as well? Yeah, absolutely. I will start off by saying when I first started doing this, my own children said, oh my goodness, mom, you are going to be like the guy at the fair who asks, makes everybody act like a chicken. (laughs) So no, 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 that's not it. So that's one myth. Yes, I guess there's the entertainment part, but you know, the myth that you'll lose control, you know, I can't think of anyone that wants to lose control. I know I don't want to lose control. So you don't lose control when you know, from experience in hypnosis, you're having a conversation and a dialogue the entire time. So hypnosis and the type that I do is called rapid transformational RTT hypnotherapy. And our subconscious mind, whether we like it or not, is running the show. It's 95% of how we think about ourselves, how we perceive the world, our feelings. It's our feeling mind. And although we'd like to think that we are full of you know, logic, it's very practical, these feelings will always trump logic. And that's the first thing I'm sure when clients come to you too, it's like, this doesn't logically make sense. I'm very you know, I'm smart. Why do I keep doing this? Why do I keep, you know, repeating this pattern? It's because those programs in the subconscious are so, so much stronger. So 
in hypnotherapy, all we do is we quiet that conscious mind, which there's nothing wrong with it. We need that analytical, critical mind to think and make decisions and have that logical piece. But when we quiet it and we just awaken and allow us to access those parts in our subconscious mind, it's a very natural state. In fact, we go in and out of this subconscious hypnotic state all day long. I know most of us have driven home before and get in the driveway and think, okay, did I run a light? I don't even remember. How did I get here? Or we're doing the dishes and somebody's talking and we're over here and, you know, in completely another land, didn't hear a thing they said, um, because we're able to access parts of our mind on autopilot. We just do things. So that's where we go. And we ask the mind questions like what's the root cause and reason for this behavior, for this pattern, for this feeling. And we're able to find out the root cause and pull out the root and say, all right, it isn't because you're not good enough. This is where this belief first started. And when you can find out when it first started and why it's there, it's like gardening. You don't just chop everything off the top. You literally need to pull out the root or, you know, it's just going to keep growing back. You know, that's the start. Yeah. Great description. And do you feel that it is becoming more mainstream hypnotherapy that is? And I mean, I know I use it with some of my corporate clients and to much success. Where are you seeing it going or what are you seeing how they're using it? Maybe even in your world or corporate America, how are you bridging and seeing that? I am seeing it more and more, and it is becoming, I believe, more mainstream and more understood. I think mindset and just the awareness around, you know, whether this is mindset or it's a kind of in that ballpark, I think people are waking up to the fact that, you know, wow, we have this really powerful part of us that affirmations are great, but just telling yourself something over and over and over might not be enough. You know, I don't want chocolate cake. I don't want chocolate cake. Okay. Well, I don't know about that. I still want it. So what's going on. So we really need to access those parts. So yeah, I have doctors, I have lawyers, I have, you know, CEOs, and I also have, you know, people in the spiritual world. I have a lot of sports athletics. I have high school teams. So it's pretty diverse stay-at-home moms um, that want to feel good about themselves again. So I think what's exciting is it's never too late to one, have a happy childhood if that wasn't what you had and literally rewrite your story, look at it differently. Because when you access these parts and you're able to look at them differently and to see things differently, wow, that's pretty powerful to say, what do you mean? I'm enough. I only felt that way because I was five or 10 or because of the circumstances and situation. And now I get to see it this way and I get to take control of it. And it sounds like you already know you can access these different parts and rewrite your story. That's very powerful. You mentioned that one of your areas in particular that you have a passion for are women Mm -hmm. dealing with supporting them and moving through self-doubt and even specifics of trauma. Can you talk a little bit? I think the word trauma is used a lot more and more, at least these days. Can you give some relevance to trauma that it doesn't have to be that some ginormous experience, but maybe an event or a smaller thing where we make some interpretation that causes us to be stuck for some time? Oh, sure. And women often will come to me and say, I have so much to be grateful for. I can't even believe I'm not happy. 
this is ridiculous. So they're apologizing. They're ashamed. They're full of guilt for even wanting more or not being happy or feeling guilty about a part of them that feels dissatisfied. And yes, there is such a thing as trauma. It doesn't mean you had to be attacked in a back alley somewhere. So, you know, when there are parts of us as a child, it's the meaning that we attach to something. So I can have two clients that had the same thing happen to them and mean two completely different things. So I have quite a few siblings and I don't know about you, but when we get together at a holiday, it doesn't even sound like we grew up in the same home. You know, it's like, what are you talking about? You know, that was a terrible holiday. That was a terrible vacation. That was the greatest vacation ever. No, no, no. Mom left me at the grocery store and I felt completely abandoned. And, you know, like she didn't care about me. All of you went off and had ice cream. And, you know, I was left over here to watch the little one or whatever it might be, the meaning we attach to it. So, yeah, it doesn't have to be what we consider when we watch TV or a movie or or when we think of trauma, where it could certainly be sexual abuse or verbal abuse or mental abuse, which is unfortunate. It can be that as a child, what was the meaning you attached to the fact that mom or dad had to work a lot? Because when we're children and we're growing up, we need our caretakers to survive. And when they're not doing their job, the first thing we're going to do is think it's our fault. We cannot understand that dad's tired and doesn't have any time for us. We're not capable of doing that. So you know, to be able to look at that now and say, oh, they had to pick me up late because they actually had two jobs and we're trying to get there on time. And wow, I can see how much they love me and they were trying, they were doing their best now. But at the time I was the last kid picked up in the dark, it felt like nobody cared about me then. So, you know, that's just kind of an example of that can be very traumatic or a small trauma And there's so many other examples like that, but it just allows us to look at things differently and create a different perception of it. You know, and and when we do that, that's just power. It's taking your power back. It's almost an analogy that when you're speaking, it's like a muscle that's so tight and that you finally, you push it through so that the blood can get through and get circulating again. Because I like, to your point, you can have an experience like that. And then 30 years later, you're recognizing it's still playing out in your world, inhibiting you from doing something that otherwise you're successful and determined and capable, but you can't, as you said, understand what is blocking you and going back and redoing these memories or looking at them enough to have your subconscious release them. Yes. Yes. I recently had a client who lost her father when she was a young teenager, about 12 And that's traumatic. And at that time, her mother, of course, was mourning. And so her mother wasn't there for her for a lot of the teen things that she went through. But she had so much empathy for her mother mourning and the whole family mourning. She didn't even recognize that she had those needs that every teenager has. So fast forward 40 years now, and she's in relationships and She's angry because she doesn't know how to even identify that she has needs, much less have them met. Mm -hmm. So she's in relationships and she's like, I'm just going to break up because I can already tell I can't meet my needs. What are your needs? She doesn't even know she has needs. So it's like, well, hold on. Let's talk about what your needs are. And so we're even identifying that she didn't even grieve at that time, much less 
even know she had needs. And so we're able to go back and say, well, yeah, you had needs. And it wasn't mom being a bad mom. It was mom was mourning, but doesn't mean you didn't have any needs. Very interesting. As a result of her being able to acknowledge that through hypnotherapy and the process, what is the outcome? What are the benefits that you've seen, whether situation or others? The favorite thing about what I do is the pebble, the pebble and the ripple of what happens. So someone will come for one thing and all these other areas in their life start to benefit. So in her case, it was relationships. But just the other day, we had a conversation about situations at work where she thought that that was the one area where she was strong and confident, but that it was relationships she struggled with. But recently, some situations came up at work where she had to stand tall and speak up. And she realized, wow, I actually never really have stood up for myself. But now that I am, I really can feel how different this is, really standing tall and what I deserve, what I'm worthy of. She's like, I never would have said that before. I never would have done that. I never would have fought for myself to get that commission to battle for that against the CEO. Um, I know she's asked her partner, Hey, I I need this. This is what I need. And I want, and she's much more satisfied in that relationship. And she even says it might not be my be all end all relationship, but I know I'm speaking up for what I need, which is huge. That is huge. Thank you. The practical application or how it shows up today is I think helpful for our audience to hear. One of the things I have heard you talk about and listening to some things is that this epidemic of not feeling enough or of enoughness, you know, many people will come, I'm sure, you know, both to myself and to you, and we don't recognize that we think we have a problem. And I have heard you talk a lot about in different places about this epidemic of not enough. And can you tell me a little bit more about what you mean and where you're seeing that? Yes. When you look around now that we're talking about it, it's so easy to see in media, social media, in our world where, you know, to not feel good enough, smart enough, skinny enough, whatever enough, (laughs) spiritual enough, even in that community, it doesn't matter. It's so easy because we live in this world of comparison. Um, You know, you need to do this or that or rich enough or, or whatever it might be. And What I'm finding the most with clients that don't feel good enough, of course, is this lack of somewhere along the line, they stop trusting themselves. They stop listening to this inner voice and decided that it was necessary to give away their personal power. This voice that we all have within that we're all born with and give it away to this circumstantial power. So if I get that raise, if I do this thing, if I look that way, then I'll be enough. And, you know, if I achieve that goal, if my business becomes this big, then I'll be enough. Then I will have made it. When we do that, it's never enough. It's constant chase. That doesn't mean you don't want or shouldn't be ambitious or have things you strive for, but there is a difference between personal power and joy and knowing you're enough versus circumstantial power. So you can feel loved and worthy of love and still want to grow your business and still want to have tons and tons of money in the bank and and those things. But personal power is different from circumstantial power. And when we don't feel enough, that's when we 
break down and, and don't have enough boundaries. We people please. We literally give our cups. And I'm putting my hands against my chest here because one of the analogies that I was taught was we're born with these jars or these cups of approval, control, and safety. And when we don't feel good enough, we sort of hand them over to other people or things or situations and say, here's my cup of approval. Would you like to fill it up? Here you go. Go ahead and take it. I'm not going to have any boundaries. So you can treat me however you want. Here's my cup of approval. In fact, let me make you dinner. Let me clean your house. Let me do whatever. I Let me do all your projects at work. Let me stay late extra. Let me take on and say yes to a bunch of things I actually don't have time for um, so I can feel approved of or good enough. Or I mean, it just shows up in so many areas, right? Yeah. And then we feel resentful. Then we feel angry. We're tired. We're annoyed. We get snippy at the kids. We get snippy at our partner. We're frustrated at work because you know what? Now we're up to here and you know we can't breathe. And it's this sort of hamster wheel. And a way out of this that I have found, of course, is to find the inner voice and to, to believe and to know that you're enough already, regardless of any of those things, but also is to feel and know what it feels like to already have those things. Because when we come from a place of, I want it, I want it, I want it, that's a place of lack. But what does it feel like to already have it? So call it quantum leaping or law of assumption. It's not the law of attraction. It's be, be that person that already feel you already have it. So that's a lot of the work I do is if somebody tells me they, I really want to be in love. I want to have a partner. I want my business to grow. Then we need to get you to feel like you already have that. What would it feel like? And every day, get your cells and your body and your subconscious mind to feel and be that woman or that man, that person that already feels that. Because then it's really easy to get your subconscious and your actions to support that. Because the strongest force in all of us is that our actions must give us evidence to support our thoughts. So what are your thoughts? Right. Oh, I love that. I talk a lot about be, do, have. And as mm -hmm. an operational method to use. And it's like mental rehearsal. We have to have 95% of us start backwards by saying, I'm going to do this, then I'll have this. So then I'll be happy, really, it's, which is completely backwards, which is opposed to I do. I'm already at that frequency in line with what it is that I desire. And then it, it we're naturally, as you said, your thoughts or your actions can't help, but decrease the cognitive dissonance between, you know, your thoughts and your actions and yes. creating it or, or building it or establishing it in your life. I love that. It's it's getting comfortable so that we're not unwittingly self-sabotaging. Right. It's so uncomfortable to, or we're in that comfort state of always wanting and always in lack. So it's it always has to be a hand's distance away from us. Exactly. And I think when we don't feel enough, it's easy to become the overdoer, the hustler, the victim, one of these archetypes, right? right. Where we're trying to be enough, whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. And so the hustler, the doer, I mean, that was me in the corporate world was 
you know, work is hard. I have to work, work, work and give me the project. I'll be the, but the hustler, the worker has to stay the hustler, the worker bee. Otherwise she won't be the hustler or the worker bee. I could never have enough. I could never be satisfied or I wouldn't be the hustler. Who was I going to be if I wasn't the hustler? I didn't know. So it's just this self-fulfilling thing that just keeps going. So when people see that and can stop and say, wow, okay, let's start noticing the small moments where you actually recognize when you feel like you already have it. So we can train your mind and your cells at a cellular level. Wow. I already felt that and put that in the piggy bank and start to feel it more and more and more and more. Then you see the evidence throughout the day. Oop, there's evidence. Oop, there's evidence. And we're training the subconscious mind and and the body. Love that. I think that when I, and I'd be curious what you think about perhaps some of the biggest challenges for those, you know, working today, it is being the hustler or getting caught in this, you know, the time stress gap that they have, or just always being busy, or there's just too much. And it is, it's a, it's a constant loop that they're unable to pull themselves out of. So your comments about the hustler or the grinder is I sometimes yeah. see overachiever who wants desperately to get off of that sidewalk, but doesn't know how, because it is so comfortable yeah. or so ingrained, or it is on such a subconscious level that they wonder why they can't change it or keep returning to that same place, even when external circumstances change. But I'm sure, you know, as you said, highlighting the experience and then being able to work with the subconscious to talk to it, to get it comfortable and to reprogram it is powerful. I'm curious about yourself. What struggles have you faced in your journey that you really use to help people? You know, every client at myself definitely was, I was always in a state of fight or flight. <laughs> I, I actually did have a decent amount of uh, little and big trauma growing up. So my nervous system was in fight or flight. My way out of it was to be the overachiever, be the A student, do everything really well and put a mask on it and outside world would think everything is okay which I think is, it's an acceptable way to cover everything up by society. Everybody thinks everything's okay. So, you know, calming my nervous system, finding ways to find that balance and recognize that I was even doing that. So a morning routine is really something that I work with most of my clients with, because most of them have an exercise routine or something, but they don't have a moment of stillness where they have time to even reflect and recognize and register how they're feeling. Mm -hmm. And so journaling has really transformed my life. And, you know, journaling isn't for everyone, but there's so many studies that talk about the power of writing or just the power of a stream of consciousness writing, whether you do it, maybe the artist's way, if you're familiar with morning pages and just the stream of consciousness and writing, emptying your mind, but I have seen incredible transformations with myself and with clients who take the time every morning to just have some still time. I mean, don't listen to a podcast for just 10 minutes and listen to your mind. And a good journal prompt is really just to write, I, Christina, feel blank. What are you feeling? Every single day I meet with a client who says, you won't believe what I found out about myself this week. And this is what I did about it. And it was all because of the journaling. I realized 
what the heck? I've been doing what? I've been allowing what? Are you kidding me? No way. Yes, this is happening. You have to kind of get there on your own sometimes and just clear the space. So especially for the grinders out there, 10 minutes can feel like five hours. So I'm looking at the clock going, it's only eight minutes. How how am I going to last 10 minutes? So quiet time is great. Meditation um, now because of my nervous system, which I don't think is that uncommon to be in fight or flight these days. Yeah. Meditation starting two, three minutes a day and and now exceeding that um, to at least minimum 20 minutes a day is really, really important. And you know, I think having a, a practice of what do I do or what do people do when they get triggered? We all get triggered. Right. Someone says something, someone does something. We go right back to a feeling or an emotion that pulls us right back into an old program and an exercise that I practice and have taught all my clients that was taught to me is to think of a moment in the last 24 hours where we felt, or I felt calm or in control or approved of, and you close your eyes and you think of that moment. And it's usually like when you're petting your dog or your cat or walking and you see a tree and just stop for a second, think of that moment and let that moment just kind of blow through you like a gentle breeze. And it takes a very short time to allow your body to take you back to a feeling. So it it kind of brings you back to what we were talking about before being in control, feeling what that feels like, feeling what safety feels like is when you can register that feeling again, then you can approach the issue because when emotions are high, solutions are low. So we got to get back to the right vibration before we can tackle whatever just triggered us. That's great. I think those are two really fabulous practical tips from Mm -hmm. the morning ritual, Mm -hmm. the writing, um, journaling and the meditation you know, they're very practical. They're great starter places. Tell me for those listening, what they would expect in a hypnosis session and a little bit about the process. Sure. So it's about a two hour session. You just feel very relaxed. And in the beginning, if you've ever listened to like a meditation or a calming type of thing, you don't go into a trance or there's no switch. And, um, you know, I've had clients say, I need to go to the restroom real quick. Okay, come back and then we'll get you right back in. So that part's normal. But we together find out what is it that we want to get to the root of? I ask your mind a question. You know, what's the root cause and reason for this procrastination in your life or this feeling of constant overwhelm or why you have no boundaries? You know, why do you feel not enough? Whatever the issue is we're tackling. And you go back to moments and scenes or events and times. And we do this three, four, five times. And they might be moments and scenes where you're eating cereal at five years old, watching TV or different moments and scenes that make no sense, but we put them all together and they make a lot of sense. And then we interrupt. So we find out what those beliefs were and then we interrupt them because whatever the beliefs were at that time, you can get to see all right, they made sense at at five or six or whatever the belief was, but we can see how our perception was skewed because at five, that felt dangerous when we heard plates breaking in the kitchen, but it really wasn't dangerous. It it was scary, but it wasn't life-threatening the way we might've thought it was at that time or, you know, whatever was going on. And we interrupt that thought through different techniques and 
then I give you an audio recording to listen to for three weeks to really reprogram and rewrite in new beliefs. And that's where the neuroplasticity comes in is through repetition. You have to listen to new beliefs. And I meet with clients weekly because the mind does not really want to latch on to anything new and make anything new familiar. So although you want to feel more confident or you want to change these habits and beliefs, Um, The mind has been believing something for a reason because it's kept you safe and to believe something new, it might not feel that safe at first. So there's lots of triggers and resistance that can come up. And so meeting with clients weekly while they're listening to that audio um, has made the transformation really stick and really become who they are and part of their life. Create a new identity. That's wonderful. Yeah. You have done a great job of demystifying, I guess, hypnotherapy and hypnosis and sharing the process. I appreciate this. I know that our audience will be grateful to hear some of these things. Is there any question that I didn't ask that you want to answer or something else that you want to address before we end? You know, I think it's important to just know that, you know, I just alluded to it a little bit, but that our mind links moves us towards pleasure and away from pain makes sense, but ask yourself, what are you linking to pleasure and what are you linking to pain? So if being in a relationship is what you want, but you're linking, yeah, but if I'm in a relationship, I'm not going to have any girl time. I'm not going to have any free time. I'm, I'm not going to have my freedom. Well, then that's, that's not pleasure. Is it? That's you're linking pain to that. So there's a conflict And if there's a conflict, your mind's going to have to pick a lane and whichever one's dominant, it's going to go towards, and it's, it's going to lead you away from pain and, you know, and, and not towards what you think you want. So I think it's really important. We have so many conflicting thoughts sometimes and being aware of those and getting support. You know, I have two coaches. I do hypnotherapy all the time with fellow colleagues and getting support to help break those programs and those subconscious beliefs to move past these barriers is critical. So getting support and people like you, Rita, that help with the neuroscience behind it and the practical action, taking the action steps is really important because we all need someone to help us. Absolutely. To your point, I appreciate you sharing that you have your coaches. I think we need to become masters of our mind. It's something that's been on the importance. We've been such human doings for so long and, and force versus power. You know, we've been forcing yeah. things and leaders today really need a process to be able to process their life, to be able to become more self-aware. It's not a nice to have, it's really a must have. And mm-hmm. therapy is definitely one of the components and one of, I think the most powerful ways to go the direct route when it's recognized that they're hitting an upper limit or, you know, that you're self-sabotaging. And I couldn't encourage, you know, people enough to be really looking for those ways to support evolving. And that this one is one of the direct shots, you know, I was going to say it's fast, you know, nothing wrong with talk therapy or any other modalities. I've used them and they've helped my life as well, but it's quick. It's effective. You know, it's your subconscious is a million times more powerful than your, our conscious mind makes sense to work with it. Right. Right. And become a master. Yeah. Become a master. I love it. Well, thank you. I'm going to make sure that how to access you 
and other tools are in our show notes. Is there anything else that you want to make sure that we have there for the people listening? I offer, you know, free hypno meditations to listen to, which are great for people to get a feel and understanding of my work and an opportunity to meet with me to talk and see if this work is right for them. Oh, that's wonderful. I can't wait for people to be able to access this. Christina, thank you so much for your time today. I'm in complete gratitude. Oh, thank you, Rita. I appreciate it. Thank you for being with me today. By you listening to this, it tells me you're interested in growing yourself and likely not just for yourself, but to positively influence others as well. If you enjoyed this podcast, go ahead and share this with your friends and colleagues. When leaders like you grow yourself and then grow others, we all are positively impacted. If you have questions, I'm here to answer them and may even use them in our upcoming podcasts. Go ahead. You can send those questions to Breakthrough at RitaHighland.com. Remember, a half version of you is not enough. The world needs the full version of you at play. I look forward to seeing you on our next podcast. 